Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We had a wonderful time in KRLA country in L.A. Took the, uh, what is it called, the red eye back, my wife and I, and here we are. But it was wonderful. Sold out crowd, over 1,700. Great patriots, and I want to thank them all. We had a wonderful time. Lots to discuss today. Some you'll like, some you won't. I'm getting a lot of emails trying to persuade me of one position or another when it comes to uh, the Kurds. And I wasn't going to start with this, but I am going to start with this. The Kurds are Muslims who've been targeted by Saddam Hussein when he was alive, been targeted by Erdogan, targeted by the Syrians. They've been our allies for decades. They fought side by side with United States soldiers, Marines and Army, and Special Forces in fighting ISIS. And they lost a heavy number of men and women. And their women fight, and their teenagers fight. Now that we have, arguably, ISIS under control, not completely, but in that region, we're abandoning them. We're leaving them. Erdogan, who hates the United States, who's aligning himself with Russia, who's undermining NATO, who threatens the Israelis, who threatens other Arab countries, although Turkey's not an Arab country, gets his way. What does he want? He wants to wipe them out in northern Syria. And as soon as the president announced that we're withdrawing our troops from that sector, and there's only 50 to 100 troops in that particular sector, he sent his jets in there and started to attack them. I don't know another time in American history when we've had allies who have fought side by side with us. And after we accomplished the mission we wanted to accomplish, we just withdraw and tell them you're on your own. I don't know another time in American history that we've done such a thing. This isn't about endless wars. How in the world are we ever going to get allies in these countries, or even spies in these countries, if we just abandon them? If we just abandon them? This isn't about an endless war. This is allowing Turkey, another Islamo-Nazi dictatorship, to call the shots. 
Are we at war with Turkey? I don't think so. And it's not just the Kurds. It's not just the Kurds. There have been anti-Assad forces in Syria who have fought alongside us. They're now exposed. There are Christian fighters and communities. They're now exposed. Now, I'm not saying anything publicly that I didn't tell the president a few months ago. But it's not our fight. You know, if every other country and every other freedom force takes that position with the United States, we are in deep trouble. We are in deep trouble. And I am very troubled by this. I'm very, very troubled by this. It's just not the moral thing to do. It's not the wise thing to do militarily for our own national security. And to let these people now fight on their own, in their own defense, defense of their own homes, their own families, their own communities, and so forth, it troubles me a lot. Especially after they were so helpful to us. Again, it's in America's interest to be able to find allies like this. We needed to defeat ISIS, and they helped us. They were crucial, as a matter of fact. And these are good fighters. These are good people. And as I say, they're Muslims. Who've aligned with the United States. And this will send a message throughout the world, I think to others who have thrown in with us or would throw in with us that we're not going to stand by them. We, we wouldn't lose a single soldier. Not a single soldier if we let the status quo sit as it is. Erdogan wanted to attack. He wanted to attack. And so basically that's what he's going to be able to do. I understand the president tweeted out, you know, we'll obliterate their economy and so forth and so on, but that's not what we're doing. Fifty soldiers to a hundred soldiers. I don't believe that's the way we conduct ourselves. And of course Rand Paul's out there saying enough of these endless wars. This isn't a war. That's our ally. That's our ally. Now they're being attacked by the Turks. Because we announced we're withdrawing from this particular sector in Syria. So I'm very troubled by this. It is not in America's best interest, in my humble opinion. Now my comments are not intended to attack the president. They're not intended for the left to see, oh, look at this, the Republicans are lining up against the president. This isn't a game. It's not about politics. The left, of course, hates the president, so no matter what, they'll attack him. This is about policy, and this is about reality. This isn't about fighting endless wars. About fighting endless wars. You know, we have people who help us, who don't have to help us. You look at the Revolutionary War. We could not have won the Revolutionary War in the end without the help of France. 
And it bankrupted France in the end. And it empowered their, their enemy, the British. It bankrupted the French. I'm just pointing this out. You can go throughout history. Alliances, allies, people behind enemy lines, fighting side by side and so forth and so on. And uh, I don't think this is a golden moment for American foreign policy. I really don't. It's not about interventionism. It's not about endless wars. It's not about some overall strategy. It's about right and wrong. President says we gave the Kurds a lot of money. We didn't give them a lot of money to buy cars and homes and take vacations. We were helping arm them to help us defeat ISIS. That's what we were doing. We can't say that we defeated ISIS without also acknowledging the fact that the Kurds helped us defeat ISIS. Because that's exactly what they did. If defeating ISIS was a great thing, then we also need to thank the Kurds. And I'm sure they're thinking today, well, this is some thanks. Now a NATO member nation is going to try and wipe us out, or at least wipe out a portion of our, of our forces and our population. I, I just... Uh, I just to me, this is not understandable. The president said I, I was going to end endless wars. Well, this wasn't a war. This is an ally. And the only war they were involved in is to help us defeat ISIS. And maybe they've been fighting with the Turks for hundreds and hundreds of years. What does that matter? The Turks were not free to attack them until we decided to move 50 to 100 troops. And now they feel free to attack them. I'd be curious to know what the men out there and women who fought side by side with the Kurds in the Middle East, I'd be curious to know what they think about this. I suspect they're not very happy about it. It's funny how we never talk to them. Instead, we talk to people in air-conditioned buildings in Washington or on TV sets, on various cable channels and so forth and so on. Talk to them. Ask them what they think about the Kurds. I have. They think very highly of the Kurds. I just don't think this is something America should do, or has done, or would do. So it can't be strongly opposed, for whatever it's worth. Probably not much. When we return... My God, there's a second whistleblower... Just second whistleblower. This adds credence to the attacks on the president. No, it doesn't. I'll explain when we return. Mark Lovin. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. 
I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Well, we can't be involved in wars forever. That's not a war. We're not involved. They helped us defeat ISIS. And it's an interesting argument. We don't start these wars. So when you say we shouldn't be involved in wars forever, which war specifically are you talking about? Which one? Just curious. So there we are, minding our own business. Sunday morning, California, and the report comes out. Follows a Saturday report from the New York Slimes that the uh, lawyers for the first so-called whistleblower have a second so-called whistleblower. Then the next day, of course, George Stephanopoulos, Democrat, Clintonoid with hemorrhoids, I assume, he, uh, he announces that the Second whistleblower has, in fact, come forward. Same law firm. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and I post something on my social site, why does any of this matter with these so-called whistleblowers? First, I said to my wife, I'm going to post something because it's important. Others will repeat it. That's okay. It's just important to get the point out. And here's what I posted. And I would recommend... You check out my social sites if you're on the internet from time to time because when I'm not on the air, I post a number of things there. And here's what I said. Since the first so-called whistleblower flopped, now the same lawyers reportedly and suddenly have a second so-called whistleblower. The choreography with this left-wing law firm, the Democrats and the media, goes on. But we all have the transcript of the phone call. We have the transcript of the phone call. So why does it matter how many so-called whistleblowers are paraded out by this law firm? In other words, we know what took place in that phone call. This is all about trying to create the impression of a scandal. Trying to influence public opinion. Trying to pick off congressional Republicans as they begin to fall, you can see. And trying to build momentum toward impeachment. Look at all these whistleblowers. Like it matters. Since we have the transcript. Since we have the transcript, why does it matter? It doesn't matter. Except for the optics. And are these people truly whistleblowers, ladies and gentlemen? What kind of whistleblowers are these people? So if a CIA fella or gal, officer, at the White House snooping, Gathering information. That's not a whistleblower. 
then files a complaint after coordinating and collaborating with Adam Schiffstaffer. Uses a law firm that includes a lawyer who worked for Schumer and Clinton. And so the best this guy or gal can do is to say that they spoke to half a dozen or a dozen people. They included news articles in their complaint. That's a whistleblower. And then this whistleblower is immediately embraced by the Democrats and the media, even though they claim not to even know who it is, as we talked about days ago. The whistleblower is courageous and noble and wonderful and unbelievable. Never seen a whistleblower so wonderful. Well, who is it? Well, we're not going to tell you. We've got to protect the whistleblower. Oh, I see. What do you mean? You politicized the statute. That's what you did in order to give this guy or gal cover. But then you see they're going to start to present these whistleblowers when they think the timing is propitious. It's all choreographed, you see. When it's propitious, like it was with Blasey Ford, they held that back, that letter for I don't know how long, a couple of months. And how dare you question the whistleblower? And then you start to see news articles attacking people like me for questioning the whistleblower. How can you do this? Trash such an upstanding person. Who is it? I don't know. And you're not allowed to know till the Democrats tell us we're allowed to know. Only the Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee and Nancy Pelosi can tell us when we get to know who the accusers are, even though we have the transcript of the phone call already. I've never seen a whistleblower situation like this. Have you? Never heard of such a thing. And moreover, these whistleblowers, they have no threats. There's no danger. It's not like they're actually turning over something that hasn't been turned over. Well, the president endangered them. No, he hasn't. It's the president who's endangered with all the, the language that's used against him. So they try and create this image of this noble, courageous person just doing their business, and, and now they're threatened. No, they're not. And they're not noble and courageous. They're slimeballs, actually. More the same. More the Brennan CIA operation. Man, oh man, I got more. We'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College. 
pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Tyranny Hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. This guy, Dan Abrams, I've told you he's an ABC legal analyst, and he also is founder of Mediate, a hardcore left-wing anti-Trump site. And he also has another website. The guy really is uh, loaded, I guess, called lawandcrime.com. And so they got wind of my post. The Daily Caller ran with it. And so they wanted to neutralize my comments. No, 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 no. This law firm is not left-wing. Not in the least. So they go to the head of the law firm, this guy by the name of Mark Zaid. And this is their article today. Actually, about an hour, two hours ago. Whistleblower's attorney responds to right-wing media attacks. I couldn't care less about political ideology, he says. The Daily Caller today published a piece detailing conservative radio host Mark Levin's statements characterizing the attorney representing the whistleblower in the Donald Trump Ukraine controversy as left-wing activists. Hours later, Mark Zaid, one of the attorneys representing the whistleblower, responded to the Daily Caller and Levin, pointing out obvious errors of omission. Levin's comments came in response to news that a second whistleblower had come forward and would also be represented by the same attorneys, including Zaid. Of course, they don't mention the other lawyer who, in fact, did work for Schumer and Clinton, but that's okay. Quote, since the first so-called whistleblower flopped, now the same lawyers reportedly and suddenly have a second so-called whistleblower. The choreography with this left-wing law firm, the Democrats and the media goes on, Levin tweeted. But we all have the transcript of the phone call, so why does it matter how many so-called whistleblowers are paraded out by this law firm, Levin asked rhetorically. I didn't ask rhetorically, I asked factually. This is all about trying to create the impression of a scandal, trying to influence public opinion, he concluded. He concluded. Zaid responded Monday afternoon, pointing out that Levin and the Daily Caller omitted that he and his firm represented the Daily Caller News Foundation and one of their since-departed reporters in a 2015 lawsuit over the State Department's failure to release records showing that former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and her top aides passed all mandatory security courses on handing classified materials. I don't know anything about this has nothing to do with me or my point, but we'll go on. Indeed, he also represented the RNC in a 2015 lawsuit involving Clinton's emails and worked closely with Representative Devin Nunes on the Benghazi case. I have no idea what that means, but that's okay. Sage said money was interesting that when the Daily Quarter runs a negative article on the whistleblower case and someone asserts I'm a liberal activist lawyer, they never reveal that we were their lawyer in 2015 FOIA case involving Hillary Clinton training on handling classified information. In an email to Law and Crime, Zaid said a simple look at his 25-year career would immediately debunk any portrayal of his partisanship <coughs> as a partisan actor, rather. <coughs> Excuse me. Ah, uh, Law and Crime. And then there's this from Aaron Klein at Breitbart. Nonpartisan group aiding lawyers for whistleblower tied to Democrats, far-left organizations. They didn't cover this in Law and Crime. Mr. Zay didn't mention this either. One of the co-founders of Whistleblower Aid previously worked at several liberal activist organizations financed by billionaire activist and Democrat Party banker donor George Soros. 
The other co-founder currently leads a separate organization that boasts on its four-person advisory board, John Podesta, who led Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign, served as chief of staff to Bill Clinton, and founded the Soros-funded Center for American Progress, pushing a progressive agenda. Working with the so-called D.C. whistleblower's lawyers, whistleblower aides set up a GoFundMe page seeking to raise funds for the purported whistleblower's defense. The page already brought in some 206000 with the goal of raising 300000 John Ty, co-founder of Whistleblower Aid, told Fox News that he is working with the so-called whistleblower's lawyers at the Compass Rose Legal Group. So this whistleblower aid is working with the Compass Rose Legal Group, which represents the whistleblower. We're very proud to be supporting this whistleblower. It's a very stressful thing to be a whistleblower, he said. Ty did not immediately return a Breitbart News interview request. And, of course, law and crime... Dan Abrams, the legal analyst over there at the ABC News, of course, he didn't ask. He could care less. He's got his narrative to push. Whistleblower aid was founded in September 2017 in the wake of Trump's presidency to encourage government whistleblowers to come forward. When whistleblower aid was first formed, the main banner for the mission statement of its website contained clearly anti-Trump language. It said, quote, today our Republicans under threat. Whistleblower aid is committed to protecting the rule of law in the United States and around the world. That part of the mission statement received attention in the conservative media. The sentence, today our republic is under threat, has since been scrubbed from the website. The mission statement now only reads, whistleblower aid is committed to protecting the rule of law in the United States and around the world. Speaking to the Washington Post, just after whistleblower aid's founding, co-founder Ty claimed there's not a partisan effort and then went on to express seemingly partisan alarm about Trump. He continued, At the same time, yes, the rule of law starts with the office of the president. And like many other people, we're definitely concerned about things that are happening in the administration. The decision to fire James Comey, the lack of transparency. A lot of people have questions about whether the administration respects the rule of law. Now, this group is assisting financially and or legally as I understand it, according to this article by Breitbart, the Compass Rose Legal Group. Now, why wasn't that in the law and crime website set up by the legal analyst for ABC News, Dan Abrams? Maybe Mr. Zaid has some comments about this, since whatever I say obviously echoes throughout the nation. The left wingers just love to write it down. Well, write it down. And ask him. And ask him. And that wonderful, noble whistleblower he has, he, of course, ran to Adam Schiff's staff. Why didn't he run to both staffs on the House Intelligence Committee? This guy's not a whistleblower. He's a phony. So is the other one. As I said, we have the Dan transcript. We don't need, we don't need interpretations by anybody. Certainly not after the fact. We don't need any of it. Transcript speaks for itself. And we don't need lawyers and phony uh, journalists interpreting it for us either, which is what they've been doing. And many of them have been lying about it. Absolutely lying about it. Now, I want you to listen to some of this from yesterday. And I know you've heard about Chuck Todd today. 
but you haven't heard from me about Chuck Todd, and a lot of you probably haven't been listening to radio because you work for a living during the day. I don't know. But Chuck Todd, I've been pointing out for a long time now, is a reprobate. He's a Democrat. He worked on Tom uh, Harkin's campaign years ago when he was in college. His wife is a Democrat consultant and activist. And they, in, in the end, they're true to form. In the end, they cannot be objective truth-tellers. And Chuck Todd is no Tim Russert, that's for sure. So he brings on Senator Johnson. Senator Johnson, who happens to have a, a, a big knowledge base on a lot of what's been going on, is trying to explain to the audience some background, laying a foundation about Ukraine, uh, what Ukraine was doing in 2016 and so forth. And Chuck Todd just kept yelling at him. Cut three, go. You've got John Brennan on. You you ought to ask uh, Director Brennan, what did Peter Strzok mean when he texted Lisa Page on December 15, 2016? Senator, can we... No, 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 Chuck, Chuck, let me me finish. Think our our sisters have begun leaking like mad, scorned and worried... What does this have to do with Ukraine? It has everything to do with Ukraine. Now listen, think our sisters have begun leaking leaking like mad, scorned and worried and political... They're kicking into overdrive. Now, that was December 15th. Six days before that is when we first started hearing the CIA leaking about Russia supporting the Trump campaign. That is why Trump is so upset. Uh, He had this false narrative that resulted in him being set up by James Comey on January 16th. Then... He has a senator counsel appointed that has hampered his entire investigation, his entire his entire administration. And now once he's been that was proven false, he would like to know. And I would like to know. And I know his supporters would like to know where did this all come from? So stop. So what he's saying is we just went through this Russia thing. And now all of a sudden Ukraine pops up. All of a sudden it pops up. Now, it actually popped up earlier when uh, the DNC was working with Ukraine and the Obama administration. But now it's being used against Trump all of a sudden. But none of it's political, none of it's collaboration, none of it's any of it. And by the way, in the lead up to his interview of Senator Johnson, Chuck Dodd did one of the most outrageous bits of propaganda I have ever seen. Lied through his teeth about a quid pro quo, lied through his teeth. All three of them. Go ahead. Senator, you know, I, I, have a, I have my third letter into the Inspector General of the right, Intelligence Senator. Committee asking to just confirm, just confirm, are you investigating those leaks that Peter Strzok talked about in that right, text? Senator, I have no idea so again, why. No, that's, that's why, a setup. Why, it is entirely relevant Fox, to this point. Why a Fox News conspiracy propaganda stuff is popping up here. A Fox News conspiracy propaganda stuff? You clown. That's what you did with Russia from, for years. And now you're doing it with Ukraine. Folks, step back a second. There were two people who were the primary people on that call. There were people listening in. The Secretary of State was there. But two, the President of the United States and the President of Ukraine. The President of the United States transcript is public. The President of Ukraine says he never felt pressured, ever. The President of Ukraine said that, as far as he knows, uh, military and other support was not withheld. But they're ignored. The two principals who were on the phone don't matter. What matters is a, an anonymous whistleblower who will be disclosed to us 
will be disclosed to us when the Democrats decide to disclose the name or names. Go ahead. No idea. Is not, that is, I have no that is, idea that why is we're exact, going here. That is, ex, that is Senator, because this I'm is underlying about, exactly I'm why asking, President Trump is upset and why his supporters are upset right, well, at the news media. Okay, okay you know, this Chuck, is not about the, the media. Here's Senator the Johnson, the, the, the Senator Johnson, Johnson media, please. Listen to this. He's screaming at Senator Johnson. He's unhinged. He's unhinged because Johnson's not telling what he thought Johnson would tell him. He's unhinged. Go ahead. Can we please answer the question that I asked you instead of trying to make Donald Trump feel better here that you're not criticizing? Look Look how he condescends to the senator that he's trying to make Donald Trump feel better. No, the senator's trying to educate you, you moron. He's trying to give you more of a contextual history of what took place. But you want none of it. It's like we're not listening to the man-made climate change deniers. You're ill-informed. Go ahead. Just trying to, to ask you a simple question of, very of what, made you, what made you wince. See, the senator said it's a very biased opening. And it was. The opening was outrageous. Go ahead. Let me quote the article. It says, Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump. They did so by disseminating documents. Stop a second. Did you hear that, Chuck? Does that interest you, Chuck? You're going to do a segment on that, Chuck? You're going to investigate that? You're going to pursue that, Chuck? No, you're not. Of course not. must be a Fox News conspiracy and Fox News propaganda. What a joke. Go ahead. Trump aid and corruption suggesting they were investigating the matter. Uh, Ukrainian officials also reportedly helped Clinton allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors. There is potential interference in, in the 2016 campaign. Let me ask you this. That's, That's political, Trump- by the way, I believe. That's what he's reading from. Go ahead. Get to the bottom of, but the press doesn't want to. And the people who wrote this article are being pilloried. I'm being called a conspiracy theorist. Uh, John Solomon's being called a conspiracy theorist because the press is horribly biased, and Trump and his supporters hey, look, completely understand I, that. I, I understand that the, that the uh, a way to avoid answering a question is to attack us in the press. I'm well aware of that, no, and that's no, how it works. No, I'm, try, I'm trying Let to ask you something. That you know what? We're going to have to take a break, hard break. But you know what, Chuck? You're a coward. You talk in these shibboleths, these platitudes. I understand attacking the press. First of all, you need to be attacked. You're a disgrace. But secondly, why haven't you covered this, Chuck? If that is your name. Why haven't you covered this Ukrainian issue? I mean, it has been in the New York Times. It has been in Politico. That ought to get you juiced up. We know why. Because you're a Democrat. Because you're progressive. And so is your wife. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. 
And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. I told you, don't watch these Sunday shows. We have to watch them. We get little clips from them and so forth, but you'll ruin your day. You'll ruin your day because these are a bunch of frauds. That's what they are. Okay, attack the press, whatever, just attack the press. You little munchkin, why don't you come on this show, Chuck Todd? I'll treat you more respect than you treated Senator Johnson. But then there's Jake Tapper with Amy Klobuchar, left-wing Democrat, running for president, on CNN yesterday, and he's pressing her on whether or not, as a senator, she would vote to convict the president who hasn't even been impeached yet. Cut one, go. Senator, would you vote to convict President Trump right now? Jake, I have been very clear. I think this is impeachable, that the uh, case should be heard by the House and it should come over to the Senate. Now, I don't know what counts they're going to have or how they're going to do this, but my focus is on the fact that you've got a president that's acting like a global gangster. He is basically uh, going to one leader after another, trying to get dirt on his political opponent. She had no problem at all with the Hillary campaign and the DNC washing their money through a left-wing Democrat law from another one. And a left-wing Democrat lawyer named Elias, who goes to Fusion GPS, and then they pay a foreign agent in Britain to dig up dirt on the president with, among others, Russian apparatchiks. She's never raised an objection to that at all. And that, those are facts that I just gave you, facts. But that's not my point in playing this. She's a Democrat, and we expect her to, uh, to burp up what she burps up. But it's Tapper. Senator, would you vote to convict President Trump right now? There aren't any charges. They're not set out. There hasn't been any kind of trial. And Jake Tapper's trying to push the narrative, push the narrative. Just like Chuck Todd is trying to push the narrative through censorship and by shouting down a United States senator. These guys are really, really damaging press in this country, really doing it. But Jake Tapper's an old Democrat, too. He worked for Marjorie Margolis Mazvinsky, who was a Democrat congresswoman in the 13th District in Pennsylvania, my old hometown. And he was also a spokesman for handgun control. Like, again... They resort to form under circumstances like this. That's two Democrats. I'll be back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, I want to read something to you that's absolutely incredible. This literally came out three minutes ago, Mr. Producer. 
from the Washington Compost. And I want to read this to you because there's two sides to this. House Democrats consider masking identity of whistleblower from Trump's Republican allies in Congress. House Democrats eager to protect a whistleblower who raised alarms over President Trump pressuring a foreign leader to investigate a political rival. That's not what happened. He didn't pressure the president of Ukraine, and the president of Ukraine said he didn't feel pressured, and that's not in the transcript. We're being lied to with the big lie, with the propaganda from the Democrat Party media constantly. House Democrats eager to protect a whistleblower who raised alarms over President Trump pressuring a foreign leader to investigate a political rival are considering testimony at a remote location and possibly obscuring the individual's appearance and voice. Extraordinary moves to prevent Trump's congressional allies from revealing the identity, according to three officials familiar with the discussions. Now let's just slow down here. There's all kinds of whistleblowers, the identity of whom we know. We know their faces, we know their names. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the idea that this so-called whistleblower, a, a Democrat rogue CIA agent, or any of the others they bring in their conga line, that information about these individuals, including their identities, could be kept from the American people when this is being used as the, as the hammer to nail the President of the United States is so appalling. It's fascistic. Democratic investigators are concerned that without such rare precautions, Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee could learn and then leak the identity of the whistleblower who has agreed to answer questions before the Intelligence Committees in both the House and Senate. Dem- Why should they be leaking? Just tell us who it is so we, the American people, control our own conclusions. You're asking us to go along with your phony impeachment process. This is our country. This is our Congress. It's our CIA. It's our president. We have a right to know these things. The idea that you're going to keep somebody's identity secret in the pursuit of a presidential impeachment is so outrageous. But it could also be a setup, which I'll get to in a minute. Democrats overseeing the logistics of the testimony for the House impeachment inquiry. It's not a House impeachment inquiry. The House didn't vote on it. It's a Democrat Party impeachment inquiry. Language is everything. Are discussing a location away from the Capitol, as well as a staff-only session that would prevent lawmakers from attending and asking questions. How is this even... So staff would ask questions, not our representatives? Our representatives don't even get to vote on the floor of the House about impeachment in the first instance? This is Unbelievable. Aides have considered having the whistleblower testify from a separate location via a video hookup, which the camera would obscure the whistleblower's image and alter his voice, possibly with modification technology. They're also talking about having the whistleblower sit behind a screen or a partition. A third option being floated includes audio-only testimony. Isn't this convenient? Schiff does not want to burn his identity, a senior congressional official said. 
There are lots of different protocols and procedures we're looking into to find out what works and doesn't work to protect the identity of the whistleblower, said a different official familiar with the talk. So meanwhile, the Democrats are leaking all over the place. The officials spoke on condition of anonymity to freely describe private deliberations. The discussion underscores the toxicity between Republicans and Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee, which was once considered among the most bipartisan, it goes on. Trump has said he wants to meet his accuser and warned a big consequence. You know, in our country, it's a funny thing. You get to confront your accuser, don't you, Mr. Producer? It's a funny thing. And in the impeachment context, the American people get to confront the accuser, right? But not if the Democrats have their way. Andrew Bakaj, a lawyer representing the whistleblower, sent a letter to acting director of National Intelligence, Joseph McGuire, expressing fears for his client's safety. Bakaj also noted that certain individuals have issued a $50,000 bounty for any information relating to his client's identity. I have no idea what they're talking about. But we, the public, have a right to know. There's been all kinds of people who've testified in Congress. Mobsters and so forth, whistleblowers. House Democratic chairman, meanwhile, immediately cried foul and accused Trump of witness intimidation. Trump wants to know whose accuser is, and that's witness intimidation? These guys make Stalinist show trials look actually quite cheery. Even as some of Trump's Staunchest Congressional Capitol Hill allies also began pushing for the disclosure of the whistleblower's identity. See, ladies and gentlemen, there's something wrong with you if you want the identity of this person. There's something wrong with you. You must want them harmed. You must want them endangered. The whistleblower allegations are turned into an impeachment article. It's imperative the whistleblower be interviewed in public, under oath, and cross-examined, Graham said, Sunday Morning Futures. Lindsay listens to the show, obviously. Details for the whistleblower's testimony are still being worked out, the officials caution. Little can be finalized until security clearances for the whistleblower's lawyers are resolved so they can begin more substantive discussions about logistics. Mark Zaid. Oh, it's him again. One of the three lawyers for the whistleblower said as of Monday, two of the three have their clearances. The third needs only to sign the paperwork. Just a logistics issue, he said. It will happen over the next couple of days. The whistleblower's team, legal team, is also in discussions with the Senate Intelligence Committee about testifying. According to one familiar with the talks, the panel headed by Richard Burr and Mark Warner is the ranking Democrat. It's known for a more bipartisan approach. It's known for nothing. We wouldn't know anything about the start of the Russia nonsense against the president, but for the House Committee. The off-campus meetings... Look how the Washington Post knows all this, but they're worried about leaks. The off-campus meetings likely will be in a secure room provided by the executive branch, according to one of those individuals. Meetings could take place within the next couple of weeks, but no date has been set. Should the whistleblower testify from another location, the House panel could ask Intelligence Community Inspector General Michael Atkinson to confirm the identity of the whistleblower. Atkinson, who adjudicated the whistleblower's complaint in August, determined his allegations were credible. and constituted an urgent concern to national security. Well, there's something wrong with this inspector general then. Because the president's neither an employee of the intelligence community, nor were the issues that were raised relevant to the statute. 
Congressional aides have been discussing the possibility of a transcript from the testimony, but whether the whistleblower's legal team agrees to that depends on whether the individual's identity can be protected. The lawyers would not want information shared that could identify the whistleblower. This is absolutely unimaginable to me. The legal team has been hired by a second witness, one who has first-hand knowledge of the events in the complaint. So far, there's been no discussion with Capitol Hill about that person speaking with Congress, the official said. That would require permission from the DNI, but that's pro forma at this point, the official said. Can you imagine a situation in which you cannot confront your accuser? And can you imagine a situation in which tens of millions of Americans are unable to set their eyes on the accuser to listen to their testimony? And the media, I mean the real media, not the Democrat Party media, has no opportunity to delve into who this individual actually is. That's what they're trying to prevent. Or, let me give you the opposite theory. That they plant this kind of a story only to make the eventual appearance of the whistleblower, so-called, that much more dramatic. That despite all the negotiations, despite all of his attorney's advice, the whistleblower has decided to come forward and to testify. Despite all the threats, the whistleblower has decided to come forward and testify. I suspect the Democrats and their media friends are trying to figure out which is the best approach right now. But I can certainly tell you this. The idea that you're going to seek to impeach a president of the United States with all the other intentional political defects in this process set up by Nancy Pelosi and her Politburo. The notion that the American people will not know who the accuser is is simply unacceptable in a republic. Period. Period. As I said on Fox and Friends Sunday a week ago, Eight days ago. I want to know who this guy is. I want to know all about this guy. And so do you. We need to be able to judge the person's character and their motivations. We do not trust the media to tell us. And his lawyers are obviously advocates for the rogue Democrat CIA operative. But this is absolutely shocking to me. Shocking that this is even under discussion. And you're going to have these clowns, some of them Republicans in Congress, going on and on. But you've got to protect the whistleblower. That's exactly why they're using this statute. This so-called whistleblower and his complaint was the second impeachment document. That's what it is. That's what it was. They do not want this person scrutinized, or if they're forced to have this person scrutinized, they want to make a dramatic entry to choreograph it like they did with Blasey Ford. This is exactly what's taking place, ladies and gentlemen. It's not what's in the best interest of the American people. It has nothing to do with the impeachment clause of the Constitution. This is all about the Democrats, these lawyers, these former CIA officials, and the media trying to figure out how best to bamboozle as many Americans as possible. I'll be right back.
Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. back and think about it as I started the program. President of the United States says I wasn't pressuring anybody. I made a suggestion to them. They might want to look into this with respect to Biden. President of the Ukraine said there was no pressure. He has said it repeatedly. You understand if this were a court case, it would fall immediately. It would fall immediately. Then you have a transcript of a phone call that's been released that doesn't show any pressure unless you're a liberal Democrat or a member of the media and you want to believe there's pressure. And so they manufacture the words. They put them in different orders. No pressure. Then they say, well, the aid was delayed for five or six weeks. But the aid was delivered despite the fact there was no looking into the Bidens, it had been delivered without any evidence that they they were looking into the Bidens. So the key individual, the president of Ukraine, says no pressure. Aid is delivered in four, five, six weeks before anybody was looking into the Bidens. And we're told, okay, forget about that. Listen to how we interpret everything. And not only that, we have a second-hand whistleblower. And now we have a first-hand whistleblower. Whistleblower of what? We have the transcript. As I continue to say, even Martha McCullum listens to the program and reads my posts. And this is good. She just said the same thing, Mr. Producer. I want the whole world to say it. This was my post on Sunday. Again, yesterday. Since the first so-called whistleblower flopped, now the same lawyers reportedly and suddenly have a second so-called whistleblower. The choreography with this left-wing law firm, the Democrats and the media, goes on. But we all have the transcript of the phone call. So why does it matter how many so-called whistleblowers are paraded out by this law firm? I wouldn't be surprised if there are ten more. This is all about trying to create the impression of a scandal. Trying to influence public opinion. Trying to pick off Weak congressional Republicans and trying to build momentum toward impeachment. That's it. And now we have this story that came out, what, 20 minutes ago or so from the Washington Compost. The Democrats are worried about leaking the identity of the whistleblower. The whole story is a leak, by the way, from the Democrats. 
We have a right to know the identity of the whistleblower, so-called. So does the president. You have a right to confront your accuser. There could be all kinds of people working at the White House could say, wait, 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 this guy was unhinged, this guy was no good, this guy this, this guy that. You don't get away with a cover-up like this. This is a cover-up. It's a cover-up. You can't even confront the accuser with his second-hand information. His background may, may reveal motives. This whole thing is just so phony. And yet they push it in the media. Jake Tapper wants to know why people from the White House and the Trump administration, Republicans won't come on the show to discuss these. I'll tell you why, Jake, because you're a liar. Because you're a hack. Because your goal isn't to get information. Your goal is to abuse people. Period. That's your goal. And uh, that's why people don't come on your show. Plus, you don't have any ratings. Nobody's watching, Jake. It's a joke. You don't have any ratings. Elliot Engel. Elliot. Elliot. Mommy's calling. Elliot Engel's another one of these chairmen. One of the six. The gang of six. And uh, he runs one of these committees, throwing out these subpoenas left and right. And he was on Deface the Nation. Asked questions by Margaret Brennan. Cut 10, go. If Democrats have the, the certainty of their own conviction when it comes to going ahead with this impeachment inquiry, why not put it to a vote? There's historical precedent there of how it's been good done. Good for her. Good for her, Margaret. Very good. Go ahead. May not need it, but why not do it? Well, I'm not troubled by it, but uh, but there's no uh, there's no reason to do it. There's there's no rule that says you have to do it. All right, uh, this guy is another low IQ moron, liberal Democrat, New York. There's uh, no reason to do it. There's no rule that says uh, you have to do it. Plus, uh, look, we just want to get the uh, Trump. We don't have to have a vote on the floor of the House uh, as long as I'm controlling a committee. Uh, uh, as long as my constituents have a say, uh, that's okay. But all the rest, no, we're not going to have a vote on the floor of the House. No, no, we don't have to do that, so we're not going to do that. We're not going to reveal the name of the whistleblower. We're not going to do any of these things. Sick. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 
833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLEVIN.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Kakan of Talk Radio, The Mike Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Mishkowitz needed to hire Director Coffee for his organic coffee company. But of course, he was having trouble finding the qualified applicants. So what did he do? He switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. And Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate within the first day. And see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. You really need to try this for free. That's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Steve, Jasper, Arizona, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Yeah, hi, it's Jasper, Arkansas. Arkansas, um, sorry. No problem. Um, yeah, I, I, you had a great show tonight. I only have one complaint, and I, I'm thinking that I think uh, people are um, don't realize that I, I don't think there's a that the Turks can necessarily beat the Kurds in Syria. Uh, that's just my opinion. I think people. And are that's based on what? Well, I mean, they're guerrilla fighters, and Turkey hasn't been in a war in a year, a uh, hundred years. Oh, listen, listen, listen. Turkey has an air force. Um, we're, we're talking about wiping out the Kurds. Uh, you know, Saddam Hussein did the same thing. We told them to rise up against Saddam Hussein in 1991, and they rose up, and they were gassed. They lost 5,000 men, women, and children. And uh, here we asked them to fight with us on ISIS, and they fought with us. Uh, is this how you would treat a friend? Well, I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's just... Okay, know, but like that, I, look, 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 look. Put the president aside. Is this how you would treat a friend? No, I wouldn't do that. Okay, and if, and, if you were, and if you were in combat, and you were standing next to somebody who was assisting you throughout all these years, and all these years fighting alongside us, the enemy's finally defeated or pushed back, and you say, you know what, you're on your own. You wouldn't do that. Well, you know, again, I, you've got in, in Syria, you have the Turks, the Russians, the Syrians. Listen to me. Stop clouding the issue. We're talking about 50 to 100 troops. We're talking about an area of the country, that the small area, that the Kurds control, <clears throat> and also the, uh, the anti-Assad forces. That's it. We're not talking about the Russians. We're not talking about the Syrians. That's what we're talking about. The other problem is there's a prison there with 10,000 ISIS terrorists in there. And if the Kurds abandon that prison and just take off, what's going to happen to them? 
No, you've got a point. You've got 10,000 of them. 10,000 of them. Sure, sure. No, I, I get it. It's just that it seems to me, I think, that they're overplaying the, the, the Turkish capabilities. I, I, that's, that's all the I Turks think. have very good capabilities, especially against <clears throat> uh, individuals who don't have a, an air force. And uh, it's not, it's not, you're not talking about house-to-house combat here. It's a very deserted area. It's a very desert-like area and so forth. But the point is, a bunch of them are going to get wiped out, if not all of them, in that particular corridor. And for what? Aragon? That SOB, he's buying stuff from the Russians. He's undermining NATO. He undermines us. He is uh, destroying his uh, democracy. Why? Because he says so? What, what does he have? Why, why, why do you have to listen to him? No, I agree. I, and I think, if anything, uh, Trump should be pushing to get uh, Turkey out of NATO. I mean, that's just... Well, horrible. the problem is, if you look at Turkey geographically, just look on a map. It's very hard to just push them out of NATO. Look at the map. I've seen the map, and I know what they've done. And, and frankly, I, I think it's maybe about time that uh, Turkey, that NATO should look at Turkey to... You know, as far as... Uh, no, I, I don't think we can push them out, but we can control them. We can do a hell of a lot more to them than we're doing. There's no question about that. All right, Steve, I appreciate your call. Thank you, sir. Oh, here I get... What are we going to do? Get all the Rand Paul callers now, Mr. Producer? We've had the deal with... It. Let, I'm not even... Gonna, here's what the guy says. Current conflict's been going on 400 years. How long does Mark want us to stay there? Who said about getting involved in the current conflict? The Turks are trying to wipe them out. Right now they're not because we have 50 to 100 troops in this sector. All right, bring this guy on, Justin. Hey, Justin, how come that wasn't your view when they helped us with ISIS? Hey, Mark. How come, my- how come this wasn't your view when they helped us with ISIS? How come you didn't say, no, 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 don't fight with the Kurds against ISIS? This crap's been going on for 400 years. Let them alone. Let ISIS stay. Let the Turks, let, let them all do their own thing. Did you say that? Mark, we know why you're interested. It's because you've got Israel. Oh, there you go. Dump the guy, okay? If I could reach through this phone and grab these friggin' anti-Semites with my fist, you have no idea. No idea. No idea how this makes my blood boil. When I talk on behalf of our country, the Kurds have nothing to do with Israel. Nothing. But these punks, and they are, scores of them try to get into this show, don't they, Mr. Producer? They just call and call and say things and go online. Bunch of friggin' cowards. Say it to my face, you punk! Say it to my face! You don't agree with them, then obviously it's because you're a Jew. Sick. All right, Anthony. They hide behind the little phones, driving in their cars. Kingston, New Hampshire, on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead. Thank you for having me. Um, I have a question that hasn't been addressed in the media or anywhere that I know of. We have two whistleblowers, right, A and B. A came forward first with secondhand information, and then B comes forward second with the first-hand information. Why hasn't anybody asked if whistleblower B is responsible for whistleblower's A information? And if that's the case, wouldn't that just be considered right, a leak? Slow down, slow down, slow down. 
wouldn't it be the reverse? Whistleblower B is responsible for whistleblower A's information? Yes, I'm sorry. That's what I meant, yes. Well, you might be right. I have another question, too. It's a good question. We need to confront these people, all right? We need to know who they are. We need to ask them questions. Well, let me ask you this question, too. How do we know that the first so-called whistleblower didn't violate the various uh, classification laws that we have in place in terms of information? We have no idea if this person had a right to this information. We have no idea if he or she shared the information with people he or she shouldn't have shared the information with or the people who shared it with him or her. I use he as a generic he. I said somebody said, there's Mark. Wow. What a chauvinist. He thinks it's a male. I have no idea. But I want to say he and she every time. He, you know, like mankind. It's not related simply to man. So there's a lot of good questions here, Anthony. I agree with you. I think it's just a cover-up and an attempted coup on the president to subvert my vote and take it away from me. I think you're exactly right. Now, little helter-skelter Brian Stelter, or BS, those are his initials, little BS Stelter, he says, look up the definition of coup. It's a violent. That's why I call it a silent coup. So it's not, I'm not referring to a violent coup. But you can have a coup in a boardroom. You can have all kinds of coups. They don't have to be violent. Stelter's such an idiot. I, apparently his... His Towson College education really didn't stick with him. It's disgusting what we're having to deal with, Mark. I'm 50 years old, and I've never seen anything like it. No, I agree. And the media are the the lead on this. Let's go to Peter, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the great KELO. How are you? Real good, Mark. And thank you for representing so well the spirit of 1776. With the uh, Democrat leadership today, tragically, they represent two extremes, King George and authoritarianism on the one hand, and Robespierre and anarchy on the other. Those are the extremes that constantly come forth. And in particular, Mark... You're so so right. They represent both sides of the French Revolution. Yeah. They really do. They represent the, the fascists or the monarchy. And they represent the, the killing mob. They represent, not killing mob, but the crazy mob, both sides. Yeah, and the tool that they use is something that uh, the scriptures uh, speak of as iniquity, where they twist the truth. They'll take an innocent statement and twist it and put the worst possible construction on it without any evidence. Uh, Adam Schiff did that before the whole nation and the public. Mm -hmm. He just rewrote the narrative, had no respect for truth, for love, for righteousness, for honor, for the commonwealth of the nation. And so it's part of an end justifies the means narrative. And when people do that, they become very mean. And again, it's something that uh, undermines uh, freedom. But I want to thank you for all that you do to stand up and show how Chuck Schumer is Chuck Rumor and uh, all these other things and try to get at the truth and your love for liberty. Thank you very much and very well put, my friend. We'll be right back. Lovin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet 
which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. So Nancy Pelosi and her Politburo announced their formal impeachment inquiry, which is not, of course, despite knowing how rapidly unpopular it would be. We all know this is just another sleazy tactic to try and appease their small, radical base and to try and get taxpayer-funded opposition research for the 2020 election. And predictably, the Democrat Party media have been lavishly supporting this clown show while they've refused to cover real news. News like Biden's son's shady dealings with the Ukraine and Red China, or the facts behind the so-called whistleblower. Well, Levin TV, we cover this like nobody else. We just do. And we, uh, we tell you the ins and outs, what's going on in the shadows. I personally break it down while providing context, history, philosophy, and a great deal more. We don't have sponsors or commercials, nor Big Brother looking over our shoulder dictating what we can cover. We're completely beholden to you, and to you alone. So give us a try today. Give us a try by going to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. Now more than ever, sign up, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. You'll get 10 bucks off your annual subscription. That's levintv.com, promo code LEVIN for 10 bucks off your annual subscription. An entire year of Levin TV. And all the other hosts for $89. An entire year. I don't even know what that comes to a month. What is it? Seven, eight bucks a month? It's like going to McDonald's once a month. That's it. But this will bring you peace of mind. It will invigorate you in the lead up to the election. So I want you to check it out, please. LevinTV.com. L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. Enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Make sure you get your 10 bucks off your annual subscription. It's also a great gift, as a matter of fact. Let us see who else is out there. All right, here we go. Phil, the villages in Florida, the great WSKY. How are you, sir? I'm fine, sir. Last time I checked, the President of the United States was a U.S. person, a U.S. citizen, Where's his Fourth Amendment protection against the intelligence community since 2015 or 2016 reporting and collecting on him as a private citizen and then as the president and president-elect? And where is all of the disclosures? Where's the fisc on this information that these guys are reporting in this whistleblower report? A couple of things. The Fourth Amendment doesn't necessarily apply to impeachment. It applies to, uh, to trials. Um, criminal and civil cases. That said, um, the broader point 
that when you have a, a civilization based on Western principles, enlightened principles, that there needs to be some kind of due process. There needs to be some ability to confront the witness. Uh, th- there's no question about that. There needs to be the ability of a, of a president to provide his own witnesses, to provide his own information. This entire thing has been poisoned uh, from the beginning. The old saying about, uh, uh, the, like, if you violate the Miranda rules, the uh, fruit from the poisonous tree, you don't get to eat from the fruit of the poisonous tree. Well, here, of course, Nancy Pelosi started this off by just making a declaration, like she's Eva Peron. Uh, and, uh, you, don't, you know, that's not our tradition. That's not our history. We have a vote on the floor of the House. That's a House impeachment inquiry. But the media are playing a lot. We have something going on now. We have something going on now. We actually have a, a republic in which the media are undermining the Republican part of the republic. We have a media that's undermining the republic. It's an incredible thing. It's turned against us. And uh, that's why none of them will come on here. I make these public offerings all the time for Chuck Todd or Jake Tapper or whatever else is out there. More than welcome to come on the program, but they won't. Because they know I know more about them than anybody else. And I'll tell you what, Phil, I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. So don't hang up. We're going to send you a signed copy. Maria, West Palm Beach, Florida. The great WJNO. Go. Hey, Mark. Here's my question. It's two parts. Number one, this sham, if they want bipartisan support, like we, we, all we hear about is... We need, a, we need a strong Republican that wants to put country over party and all this other malarkey. Then why don't they allow the Republicans equal seats at the table to cross-examine, to call witnesses, to see what's going on? That's my first thing. My second thing is, where are the Republicans? Where is the ethics violation on Adam Schiff? Well, you know, I brought this up, and of course, uh, there won't be one because the uh, media are kowtowing, are forcing the, uh, the Republicans to kowtow. And so they, they praise Romney, they praise Sass, they praise Susan Collins and their typical behavior, and they trash you know Johnson and they trash uh, other conservatives who are out there trying to raise their voices about what's taking place. They're literally being shouted down by these anchors. Tell me, is there a difference among and between any of these newsrooms? There's not any difference. It's not any... There's monopoly of ideology, monopoly of thought, and they're all lying. They're all saying the president said in that transcript to dig up dirt on Biden. You have the transcript. Is that what it says? Absolutely not. Does he I've say I'm going to hold military aid until you uh, investigate Biden? Does that, is that what it says? Absolutely not. It's, no. It's such, it's, it's such a farce. It, it, it is, it's maddening. I've, I've written our, my senators. I've written my congressmen. Uh, we're, not, we're not hearing a lot from Rick Scott or Marco Rubio about any of this, are we? Not a word. Not a word. And it's, it's extremely, extremely upsetting. And as a stay-at-home mom with two kids, I can't go up to Washington. Uh, we haven't had a town hall here. Um, so it, it's just really, really frustrating. And by, the I way, wish- by the way, I love your governor, DeSantis. Oh, thank you. We love him, too. We he's, really He's love terrific. Him. He really I, is. I think he has... I don't know what his presidential hopes are, but I think he's got a good chance down the road being a Republican nominee for president of the United States. This guy is, I really believe that. He's really top-notch. All right, Maria. 
Thank you very, very much. Lots more, folks. We're going to move on to a few other subjects as well as just continue to deal with this nonsense. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, I noticed the neo Actually, the code pink Republicans. It's going to call them neoliberals, but that works too. Of the Rand Paul variety, in and out of the media. I notice they like to argue in generalities. So if you oppose us abandoning the Kurds, you're part of this Washington establishment. Or you must be a neocon or a liberal. What? Do they know what a neocon is? A neocon is a former Democrat, in some cases a former socialist or Marxist, who has abandoned the old ideology of the Russians, the Soviets, and many became Republicans during the Reagan era. So, neocons? No. And then uh, the Washington establishment? Is everybody in the Washington establishment, including those who don't live in Washington and don't work in Washington? Are they part of the Washington establishment, too? It's a very bizarre overlapping of the radical left and the code pink Republicans who agree on these sorts of things. It really comes down to one basic thing, ladies and gentlemen. The Kurds are our allies. They helped us defeat ISIS. We were told by the president and others that defeat of ISIS was a primary objective, and it was, and it should have been. And they helped us. And they supported us. And the president says we spent a lot of money. Of course we did. We helped arm them. It was in our best interest. And now that we're done, we leave them. This isn't a Washington establishment thing or a neocon thing or a liberal thing. This is the wrong thing. You need alliances and you save lives, American lives with alliances. I mean, this is basic stuff. And you will have all kinds of spin doctors and propagandists and demagogues who tell you, we've been in enough wars, we've been in enough wars, we've got to get out of here. We're not in a war. Certainly not in this part of Syria. And those Kurds are in control of a prison that has 10,000 ISIS inmates. What are the Code Pink Republicans recommend that we do with them. If the Kurds leave, they'll obviously break out. You know, I've heard this all the time. There's always an element within the Republican and Democrat Party that's of this ideology. 
We were isolationists before World War II. And we didn't build up the kind of military muscle that we needed, as several people were warning about the rise of the Third Reich, the rise of Japan, what they saw in Italy. One of the reasons we've we so respect Winston Churchill, because in Britain, he was one of those fighting against. The same types of arguments you're hearing today from Rand Paul, the Code Pink Republicans, and the hard left. Same type of arguments. And the only way to ultimately prove them wrong is when all hell breaks loose. After 9-11. After you're hit at Pearl Harbor. After fill in the blank. And then we have commissions to try and figure out what took place. How far do we take this ideology? This oddball ideology? Which basically calls people names if you don't agree with them. Tries to categorize you in order to appeal to you, the American people. What are we doing there? We've been there long enough. When we needed the Kurds, they helped us. So now we want to leave, and we don't need the Kurds, and we leave them. One of the images in my mind <coughs> when I was fairly young, teenager, one of the images was when the Democrat Congress cut off funding to Gerald Ford, who was a weak president, and I don't mean him personally, he was a weak president because the Democrats had the Watergate Congress and they hugely outnumbered the Republicans and they could pretty much force their will on Ford. And they cut off all funding to South Vietnam. And I remember those photographs of people begging to get on the helicopters, of people taking to the boats. They were called the boat people. By the tens of thousands, thousands of them lost at sea. And many of them, many of them had helped us during the Vietnam War. Generals who were executed. Others who were CIA operatives, executed. Just started slaughtering them. They tried to escape and they couldn't escape. We left them there. That sticks in my mind. Sticks in my mind. I think about the Kurds. The Kurds. George H.W. Bush told them to rise up and overthrow Saddam Hussein. They rose up and they were slaughtered. Remember we talk about his use of poison? He used them against the Kurds. They were slaughtered by the thousands. Men, women, and children. Turkey has been trying to wipe out the the, uh, Kurds for a very, very long time. And with this Erdogan, who is a uh, genocidal fascist, thinks he has his opportunity now. We're not talking about hundreds of thousands of troops. Now we're going to pull out 50 to 100, pull them back, because we're told we can't be in these endless wars. You know... When we went after ISIS, we didn't say to the Kurds, you know what, we can't be in on this wars. When we're done, after you've helped us, after you've bled for us too, uh, we can't be here forever, so we're going to leave. But they are there forever. 
or that's their home, that's where they want to live. So what was our deal with them? You help us, but we won't, we won't protect you? Now just think about that. How are we ever going to get anybody to support us, any of these uh, indigenous people, if we don't defend them and support them the way they help us? This isn't about neocons, this kind of Mickey Mouse comic book argument. It's not about neocons. It's not about entrenched Washington think. It's about right and wrong. It's about an American strategic policy. I believe this hurts American strategic policy. Think we should pull out of NATO? I would ask Rand Paul, you think we should pull out of NATO? Why not? Pull out of NATO. How about the Monroe Doctrine? Should we give up the Monroe Doctrine that says anything that occurs in our hemisphere is our business? Why should we bother with Central and South America? Well, it's in our hemisphere. Well, who cares? It's not America. Who cares? How about our Navy? Should we pull it out of foreign ports? Just pull them out of foreign ports. What do we need a Navy for? I mean, really, this this needs to be thought through, and it's not thought through. It's just a bunch of bumper sticker crap. Bunch of bumper sticker crap. We're not in an endless war, Kurds versus Turkey. In fact, there's been relative peace as a result of what we're doing. And there are enemies out there that do believe in endless wars. There are individuals out there who do believe in endless wars. The Iranians believe in endless wars. They're fighting for God, don't you know, in order to wipe us out. And what do we do about them? What do we do about these terrorist groups? We just decide we don't want to be involved in endless wars. It's not a matter of us wanting to be involved in endless wars. They want to be involved in endless wars. We're trying to defend ourselves. It's better to defend ourselves there Yes, 7,000 miles away than in our own backyard. 9-11 should have taught us that. So the Mickey Mouse Club will go on and on about the entrenched Washington and the neocons and blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, the Kurds, many of them are going to die. I'll be right back. Lovin. with this whistleblower stuff too I don't accept any of the demands from the meeting the Democrats in their language in their approach or anything else I don't have to and I'm not going to these are not whistleblowers to me I don't care how they force them through the whistleblower statute doesn't matter to me doesn't matter to me in the least I don't care how what kind of law firm they bring in here to lawyer all this up that doesn't matter to me how many slip and fall lawyers they bring in <coughs> It's all been very sleazy. They've cut corners. The so-called first whistleblower, obviously, is a Democrat who worked with the Democrats or sought to. We know exactly what's going on here. And I want you to listen. The same with the press. I want you to listen to this Chuck Todd who was utterly unhinged on Sunday. Absolutely unhinged. Maybe he's on meds. I don't know. Maybe he should be on meds. Maybe he's had a lobotomy. Maybe he uh, needs a lobotomy. I don't know. 
But here he is with John Brennan, who's a complete sleazeball. Cut 13, go. How would the CIA assess the stability of the American government right now? Now, now, now listen to this question. How would the CIA assess the stability of the American government right now? Chuck, you are becoming a real sleazeball. Honest to goodness. What kind of a question is this? All of a sudden, they love the CIA. They've hated the CIA for decades. They've hated the CIA. Now they love the CIA. They hated Comey. Now they love Comey. You get the picture. Go ahead. If it were assessing America as if it was another country? Uh, We would look at it as a very corrupt government that is uh, under the sway right now of this powerful individual who has been able to just corrupt the institutions. is, Is this the Rachel Maddow show? What is this? Mr. Producer, will you again invite Chuck Todd on the press? Have we invited him before, right? I want you to invite him again. I really want to question him about his view of journalism and standards and tell them that. I want to question him about his Sunday show this Sunday. And tell him I have every right to question him. He is a news person, a journalist. And we want to know. I have some very basic questions to ask him. He goes on my ABC, WABC affiliate, our wonderful station there, with Bernie and Sid, which is a great show. It's a funny show, but he won't come on my show. I'm perfectly happy to go toe-to-toe with Chuck Todd on the facts, on the evidence, but even more than that, I want to discuss his questions. Go ahead. Laws of that country. What would you say about the stability of the democracy? I, th- I think it's uh, no longer, you know, a democracy if an autocrat is, has it in his hands. And people like Johnson and others are putty in his hands. See, ladies means- and gentlemen, we're now an autocracy because we don't agree with Brennan. And Todd keeps pushing this narrative, pushing. Remember, I kept telling you, and I still do, and I wrote in on Freedom of the Press. The media are actually leading this. The lead- media are pulling and pushing this. They're actually moving the Democrats in this direction because they are radical Democrats. Go ahead. Democratic principles upon which this country are founded are, are eroding right now. So the CIA would not assess America as a stable democracy? I think it's, well, given the polarization of the country as well. First of all, this is a political director of the CIA who voted for a communist when he had his first chance to vote. He's a reprobate. He's very worried about this investigation. Hopefully, I believe it'll expose him for the sleazeball that he really is. But Chuck Todd asked the following questions. How would the CIA assess the stability of the American government right now if it were assessing America as if it was another country? What would you say about the stability of democracy? keeps pushing the point. Then the CIA would not say it's a stable democracy. Think about this. Think about this. And NBC, that is Comcast that owns NBC and MSM, has no problem with this whatsoever. None. With a left-wing kook lightweight like this. Another Democrat. We are filled, filled with people like this. A couple other quick issues here. 
Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Todd are the headline J Street Conference. Now, most of you don't know what J Street is. J Street was set up by self-hating Jews and left-wing secular Jews. Not that all secular Jews are left-wing, but these are. Who do not believe, essentially, in the Zionist state of Israel. And so you have individuals, both parties, of all kinds, who speak at J Street. You've had, for instance, James Baker, who served in the Bush administration, who despises the country and despises Netanyahu. And it is a ultra-left-wing lobby. Ultra-left-wing lobby. Uh, and it... Uh, as an example here, it says that uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Todd, excuse me, Chuck Todd, yeah, right, and Chuck Schumer are going to headline the J Street Conference. And J Street is proud to stand with so many allies who are defending democracy and working towards a better future. J Street President Jeremy Ben Ami said they hate Netanyahu. They hate Trump. And so you have the leader of the Senate, for the Democrats, and the leader of the Democrats in the House speaking at this group. J Street advocates for ending Israel's occupation of the West Bank. Israel's occupation of the West Bank. The name West Bank is a phony name. As you know, you listen to this program, when Jordan took over Judea and Samaria, it claimed it as its West Bank territory, its geography. It's not called the West Bank. Judea and Samaria. Does Judea sound familiar to Judaism, Mr. Producer? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, and that's the heart and soul of where so much of, uh, of Judaism began uh, thousands and thousands of years ago. I just point this out uh, because that's the nature of this J Street. So Hillary, excuse me, Chuck Schumer and... Uh, Nancy Pelosi are headlining there. Well, you would expect it because they've been very uncritical of the anti-Semitic wing of the Democrat Party. Uh, and they've been very uncritical in fact of the Iran deal. Schumer pretended he opposed it but did nothing to stop it. And of course, Pelosi supported it. Much more when I return. America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. You know, I talk about Hillsdale College a lot because it's so spectacular. About its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, while many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked many times about their great president, Hillsdale's president, Dr. Larry Arn, one of the finest Americans I know and a dear friend. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. 
Freedom is essential for, for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat. So its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. If you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. I want you to check out their website. Will you do me a favor? Will you do yourself and your family a favor? It's not hard. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. Just check it out. You're going to be on the computer anyway, on the Internet. Really look at Levin for Hillsdale.com. It can change your life. It really can. Michael, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, K-R-L-A. Go. Yes, Michael, go. All right, if you don't lower your radio, Michael, you're not going to be able to hear all right. Well, we're going to move on. All that beautiful introduction. Look what happened. Elizabeth, Winchester, Virginia, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hi, Mark. Hi. I just wanted to touch base with you. I am a military mom. I have a um, stepson who is currently in the Army. Both of my sons were Navy and have recently gotten out, and my daughter-in-law has just wow. gotten out of the Navy as well. And that doesn't even touch my... When I first got married, my first husband was in the first Gulf War. Holy man. Um, and we can even go back to the fact my father was National Guard. But I'll stop there. What a family. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I am very proud of, of of my family. I'll be honest with you. You should be. But I, um, you know, I'm looking at this, and the very first thing I thought of, I was right there with you as soon as I heard. Of what now? We were When we were pulling out with the Kurds, we should not be. They I mean, we're, are, ta- we're talking about 50 to 100 troops. Not that that's, you know, insignificant. I'm just saying we've been able to keep the peace with that with them there. Uh, Turkey's just chomping it a bit to blow these people off the face of the earth. They have fought next to us, brother to brother. Uh, they're now the, the guards in charge of a prison there that has 10,000 ISIS terrorists there. I just don't get it. I don't either. And that's what I, I just wanted to call and let you know that I was 100% behind what you were saying. I completely agree with you. You must be a neocon. <laughs> I'm far from that. <laughs> All right, my friend. And thank you and your wonderful family. God bless you. Ed, Riverton, Utah, the great KKAT. How are you? Um, I'm hanging in there. I'm a 25-and-a-half-year veteran uh, wow. of the military. Thank you, sir. And, and I believe that, um, well, thank you, but um, I believe that eventually, in the long run, it'll cost us more American lives uh, if we abandon the Kurds. I mean, not only are we pulling the rug out from under our, our allies, who basically we, I'm sure we made certain promises, but also we're saving money. They're keeping those 10,000 uh, ISIS idiots tied up and that means we don't have to that's a great so point we're really saving money and troops mm-hmm. i thought down. we i thought our position was if we can have others fight these battles and uh and 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 so forth that would actually be helpful to us exactly i, I believe that i believe the courage have helped us way more in in over the years than the germans have 
as far mm-hmm. if you talk about NATO, I was stationed in Europe for a couple mm-hmm. years. I I was frustrated. That was my opinion, my viewpoint. I'm not speaking for the Air Force or the military right. or the Pentagon or anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I believe that the Germans did not help us very much at all. I was stationed there during the Bosnia situation. Mm-hmm. About the only support the Germans that I saw gave us was we had the air bases there. But they helped. They didn't. They didn't seem to help us or want to help us. We and we're constant. I, I realize the president's frustration. We bailed the Europeans out forever. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, we've got a situation that we're we're saving lives and money. I believe that. And I've studied. I, I was an officer. I studied Air War College and Air Command and Staff College. Wrote papers, mm-hmm. and I sincerely believe that. Well, I sincerely believe you're right. We lost a lot of men uh, fighting for uh, for territory uh, all throughout Europe, and we're not there to conquer it. We're there to protect ourselves and our uh, new allies, relatively new allies. And consider how many lives would be lost if we have to go back over that terrain again. How many times do we have to bail the Europeans out? But this is this is a big mistake, big mistake, and I'm preaching to the choir here, I'm sure. All right, my friend, and thank you for your service. We appreciate that. Jim, Omaha, Nebraska, the great K-O-I-L. How are you? Good, Mark. See, I agree with your previous caller there that uh, this is a bad decision to pull out of Syria. And and my point would be... Now, we're not pulling out of Syria. We're pulling out of the northern part where the Kurds are. Right. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, you're correct. But my, my point is, what's it going to cost us if we have to go to a war with Iran? I mean, years ago, we promised the citizens of that country that if they'd rise up against their tyrannical government, we'd be there to back them. And when millions did and died, we just turned and walked away. This is becoming a bad pattern, whether it's the Kurds in 1991, whether it is the, uh, the Iranians who rose up during uh, the presidency of Obama, uh, joining with the Kurds to fight ISIS and now abandoning them. This is a bad pattern. This is not uh, the America that I want to see. Me too. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Let's continue. Patrick, Gardnerville, Nevada, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? How is my ma- How is my national hero, my man? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? Before I jump off here, I wanted to give you one kudos on a softer note. My three-year-old son for the police has his favorite book now, and he's just happy as heck. Oh, wonderful. Thank thank him for me. I will thank Well, He's only three, Mark. But, uh, pat him on the head. I'll pat him on the head, and thank you to your dad for that great book. I mean, that's, that, that's a wonderful little book. Anyway, I you. wanted to talk about the Kurds, and I wanted to talk about the Ukraine. We're losing if 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 we back away from the Kurds, that's just pure nonsense. That's not what they did for us. We can't do that to them. That's just stupid. Well, I think a lot of people feel that way, and if a lot of people actually understood what we're talking about, you know, people say, "Oh, look at this poll. They want us out of Syria." Well, first of all, that's not what we're talking about, and secondly, we're, if you explain it to people that these are men and women who fought next to us to help us defeat ISIS. And now we're abandoning them. I'll bet 80 to 90% of the American people would say no. My second point is 
I listened to Glenn Beck today. He did, he did a great hour and a half deal on on Ukraine. And we are so screwing that up. I mean, it dates back to Obama and the money and then Biden and the setups of all the different people that are in there so they could all make money. And the Syrians are just flat out not a honest, noteworthy company, excuse me, country. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Let's see here. Let's go to Mark. Fort Worth, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Great, Mark. Mark, uh, veteran, Kurt, Thank you. Uh, deserve our support. Uh, the most important thing to remember is Turkey didn't do anything to help us during Gulf Two. The 101st, the 4th had to go around. If you recall, they would not let us come in through the north. They, they wouldn't let us use their airspace, even. No, they wouldn't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, I just want to make the point quick. Let some other callers get in here. Great what you're doing. Love what you're doing. Uh, you know, Turkey's never done anything for us, and they haven't helped us with Iran, and they haven't helped us with Israel. They're not going to. And I don't understand what's going on. We need to make a point. The Kurds are the most loyal allies we've got in that region. Period. And they're Muslims. Exactly. I mean, why am I saying that? Because here they are backing us, and we've been backing them. These are good people. Excellent people. All right, Mark. Thank you for your service, too, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. I'm not aware of a single Democrat who's called for the investigation of Hunter or Joe Biden. Are you? Not a single Democrat. Yet Andrew Card, now the former chief of staff to George W. Bush, says he supports the impeachment process. And this is what you'll see among Republicans. Democrats can count on this. The media can count on this. That's why they're imploring more and more Republicans to break off. It's their duty, don't you know? It's their duty. But I haven't seen a single Democrat in Congress, not one, call for the investigation of Hunter or Joe Biden... I haven't seen a single one of these media clowns that we've talked about tonight call for an investigation of Hunter or Joe Biden. Not one. Not one. And you don't have to reinterpret or rewrite what Joe Biden said or what Hunter Biden did. It's out there for everyone to see. Think about it. You know, you may be distracted with all that's going on. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats hope you are because they haven't given up on their plan to socialize medicine. And they hope you won't pay close attention when they claim that international price indexing is the answer to lower drug costs. Because what international price indexing really does is shift our healthcare system from a care-based model to a European cost-based model. But a cost-based system is the reason Europe lags so far behind in cancer survival rates, too. A cancer patient in the United States has access to more cancer treatment drugs than anywhere in the world because our incentive-based competitive free market provides the enormous investments needed to develop these life-saving drugs. Interesting, during the Democrat debates, this never comes up. Instead, we're attacked, our medical system. Now, cost-based systems focus on cost first and the person second, if at all. When care is a lower priority than cost, the result is rationing, waiting periods, and denied access to cutting-edge drugs, to life-saving drugs. Do we really want to adopt a system where Washington bureaucrats can deny the treatment you need 
because they determine it's too costly? International price indexing, it's another unhealthy distraction we don't need. Get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com. A few other matters here. Elizabeth Warren, the Riverdale Board of Education, approved a second-year teaching contract for a young Elizabeth Warren, writes the Free Beacon. Documents show contradicting the Democratic presidential candidate's repeated claims that she was asked not to return to teaching after a single year because she was visibly pregnant. Minutes of an April 21, 1971 Riverdale Board of Education meeting obtained by the Washington Free Beacon show. The board voted unanimously. Excuse me, on a motion to extend Warren a second-year contract for two days per week teaching job. That job is similar to one she held the previous year, her first year of teaching. In fact, minutes from a board meeting held two months earlier on June 16, 71, indicate Warren's resignation was accepted with regret. So here again, Elizabeth Warren lied. She was not denied a job or an extension of her job because she was pregnant in her second year. She was offered the job, but she resigned, which was accepted by the board, quote, accepted with regret. Now, hopefully these lies will catch up with her, not in the Democrat primary, not with the media, but if she's the nominee against Trump. NBA kowtows to China after Rockets GM, Houston Rockets, supports Hong Kong protesters. The NBA sided with Red China after a team executive expressed support for pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong. We apologize. We love China, Rockets player James Harden likewise said. You know, all these big tough guys, all these big tough guys making tens of millions of dollars, many of them. Some of them very, very political and some of them very, very left-wing, and some of them talking about systemic racism in America and so forth. Here we have people fighting for their liberty. Fighting for their liberty against a genocidal fascistic regime that has these re-education camps for Muslims, re-education camps for Christians. We like China. Wow. For the almighty dollar. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It's disgusting. It's disgusting. So we have the NBA that endorses communist China, and we have certain football players that take a knee against America. Now you think about that. A circuit court ruling stays a lower court judge's ruling ordering the release of Trump tax returns. So in other words... In New York, this clown, Cyrus Vance, he's the Manhattan district attorney. His father was an awful secretary of state, just a disaster under Jimmy Carter. He says, you know, we need uh, eight years of Trump's tax returns because we're looking into these uh, non-disclosure agreements as campaign violations, which is just sick. We've already dealt with this. And so uh, a Obama appointee, federal district judge, says... Give them everything they ask for. Your claims are just too broad. They're preposterous. They're ridiculous. Which is outrageous. But these Obama judges are the worst. Like Obama himself. And so the Second Circuit Court of Appeals granted the president's emergency motion to stay the decision while it's on appeal. 
president's accounting firm was facing a Monday afternoon deadline to turn over tax returns. No president has ever had to deal with anything like this. No president. Lawsuits over their tax returns by local Republican officials or state Republican officials, and so nobody's had to deal with this. And yet here you have the Bushies and the Romneyites. I should say Romneyoids. Rhymes with hemorrhoids. The Romneyoids, the Sassies, and all the rest. Very, very put out by Trump. They miss all the tyranny that's swirling around them. They miss all the, the tactics by the Democrats swirling around them. And they don't care. And they don't care. It's outrageous what's being done to this president. And by extension, of course, we the people who voted for him. Quickly, Justin, Big Sandy, Texas, KTBB, great affiliate. Go. Hey, Mark, how are you doing tonight? Quickly, Justin, please. Oh, sorry. I was hearing, you know, all about this stuff, about the impeachment stuff. And I was like, okay, they are just desperate now. They got Blasey Ford. That didn't work. They got all this stuff. This didn't work. And now they're trying to find the most innocent thing that Trump could do is unforcingly, with consent, find out about Joe Biden's son. All right, my friend. I got to run. I apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces. Police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all of you folks who help this country and protect us. And we'll be back tomorrow, full force. God bless you, and see you then. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.